This episode is sponsored by Nero. Do you ever constantly feel like you're falling behind and can never catch up and the stress and anxiety are taking over? Are you used to being productive and efficient, but lately you've been feeling sluggish and unable to stay focused for more than a few minutes at a time? Looking for an alternate choice to cut back on those energy drinks and giant cups of coffee? Then we've got the choice for you. Try Neuro. Neuro is a brand of gum and mints used to energize, calm, and focus whenever you need it. Neuro was developed by former athletes training at the highest level who didn't want to take mysterious supplements or energy drinks when studying, training, or going out. Instead of something sugary and ineffective, they wanted to create clean, balanced energy that could be taken anywhere, anytime. With thoughtfully curated ingredients and endless lab testing, means that you can reach the right state of mind safely and consistently. Get that clean burst of energy and focus without the effects of coffee or energy drinks. It's a smart way to fuel body and mind. Stay in the zone, avoid the jitters, and crashing. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of up to 20% off on any gum or mint products using our link, tryneurogum.com potential. That's try. N-E-U-R-O gum dot com slash potential. Once again, that's trynerogum.com slash potential. Order now. Get that clean burst of energy and focus. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, uh, all right, uh, Taylor Sokol, who uh, together we're brothers, and we're going to go uh, find the Lost Kingdom, right? And we're going to just uh, nail it. Is that your um, Momoa? Was that supposed uh, to be your I tried. Momoa? <laughs> I need more beer. I need more yeah. beer, and I need like a, a trident in my hand. There you go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Here we are. Um, today we're reviewing the the literally the funeral pile that is uh, the end of the DCEU, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. This was written by David Leslie Johnson, Mick Goldrick. Dang, what a name! And uh, directed by James Wan. Uh, and okay. Before we get into the actual review, I have to say that um, I think this film suffered from a lot of studio interference. And Aquaman was supposed to come out, Aquaman 2 was supposed to come out end of 2022. That's where it was slated. Then they postponed it a year. That's a huge time. Now, obviously, reshoots, CGI, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, before they decided to have this whole DC switch up, with James Gunn coming in and we're going to start all over, basically. There really wasn't like a chance for some of these movies in 2023 to really find like a future because of all that. So they decided to have Aquaman be the last film to come out. Um, and I'm sure they changed some things. You know, Ben Affleck was supposed to film some stuff. They all got cut. So we're left with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom to end the DCEU. Um, and again, Aquaman, first movie, Awesome, a lot of fun, made over a billion dollars. That was kind of the marker. That was the only DCEU film to do so. And here we are. So 
We will be talking spoilers for Aquaman the Lost Kingdom. So if you haven't seen it, spoiler warning. There's your warning. So Taylor, what is a brief synopsis of Aquaman the Lost Kingdom? And then let's let's take a dive. So uh, following the events of the first Aquaman, uh, Arthur Curry, um, he has to work with his uh, half-brother Orm uh, to prevent Black Manta, who has returned from killing his family and using the cursed Black Triton to uh, destroy and overheat the world. Um, Arthur, you know, since the first one, he took up the mantle of not only Aquaman, but also King of Atlantis and... uh, He's married to Mira. He's a, he's a father and he's trying to kind of balance, you know, that. Um, and yeah, I, and I, I agree, you know, looking at everything you said, Chris, and kind of looking at this film, not only DC interference, studio interference, um, you know, pushbacks, reshoots. And I think despite what you may, the director may say and others may say um, the ongoing issues with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I think that led to a lot of changes into this film and had this may have come out, you know, a year, year and a half ago, it might've been a very different film, but yeah, I agree. I love the first Aquaman. I it was just like Shazam. It gave me really hope for something very different uh, for this universe. And Momoa, he really created a character that kind of just like Robert Downey Jr. did for Iron Man. Like it was like, uh, Iron Man is this like the biggest Avenger is this like, you know, okay. Uh, you know, Paul Rudd did for Ant-Man. I think Aquaman's kind of been the goofball or kind of the the less exciting or favorite of, you know, of the Justice League. So what he did for this character, kind of like, wow, not only is he badass, he's sexy, doesn't matter who you are, you know, he's very roguish. So I think he really does a great job of the character. Let's jump into the kind of the messes film. First of all, you know what was missing? The biggest thing throughout the film was just that fun and excitement. It didn't feel like it had that. It didn't feel like it had a soul. Like, you know what I'm saying? There, there was, it, yeah. it was, it kind of felt like we're kind of going through the motions and James Wan had said, you know, this is supposed to be kind of a buddy where the other one was more like an adventure romantic, you know, story. This was supposed to be more a buddy kind of, you know, cop kind of vibe where him and his brother are kind of bonding. For me, when I went and saw this in theaters, I was really bored the first, you know, 25 minutes until we finally get to meet Orm again. I felt like kind of like, not really excited about what was going on. And I was like, you know, so. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think the first issue I have with the film is I don't think Black Manta should have been the main bad guy again. I think, you know, as much as uh, we knew he was going to seek revenge, you know, the post credit scene of I'm going to kill Aquaman. I think he should have then gone to work for a new baddie that has superpowers and then maybe there's a twist or turn in the film where he, you know, kills said villain and then he takes over or something. But this whole plot of, oh, there's this lost kingdom in the ice and there's this black trident and this like ancient king has like this evil green powers that like will give you basically the, the powers of like a god, kind of like an Aquaman. It's very... um Lord of the Rings, it's like Sauron giving you the ring, and then you have all this power, you know. And it and just he even, looked, he even looked like Sauron, the the, the main. He, did. he looked like a, he looked like Sauron. Great. If Sauron was uh, combined with like a a toad or something, it was a bizarre design, and it just felt lazy. It felt cheap. It didn't feel like a worthy plot. And the thing too with the first Aquaman, um, although we get 
a decent kind of end fight scene. The last 40 minutes of Aquaman was like the most insane battle you've ever seen in a movie. Yes. Like, take Star Wars big battles and times it by 11. Like there was so much going on with all the underwater creatures and um, whatever that the creature's name that um, Julie Andrews played. Um, you know, there was so much, it was like insanity. I was like, the amount of CGI, it was it was gorgeous. But also every fight scene in Aquaman had like weight to it. It mattered. And it was filmed so well. The fight scenes in this movie are really kind of lame until the only fight scene that was kind of like ooh exciting was Aquaman versus Black Manta in terms of um, them fighting with the Tridents. Yes. Otherwise, the fights were just kind of ugh. They're boring. I mean, it came out of like, it felt like a Saturday night, spe- uh, Saturday night special, Saturday morning special, kind of the, what we're used to kind of the CW shows. And I, I 100% agree. I think Black Manta, he's he is an arch enemy of Aquaman, but we already had him. I think he could have been maybe more of a supporting character or kind of lying in wait. But also you make him the big villain, but he's not really the villain. He's corrupted by this Triton. So it's like his intentions aren't even as pure. You know, or it's not like he just it's just not a full full revenge revenge plot. Um, and and my my other big gripe with this film is I feel like and unfortunately, um Willem Defoe's uh character, you know, he he wasn't in this one and they kind of and that's because of uh shooting and he had other obligations. Um and he's kind of was the mentor figure for Arthur Curry's character. Um, but uh, you know, they kind of like Oh, well, he's not in this movie, so he died. And it was kind of like one note, which is kind of sad. Not only him, but all these other characters, they kind of brushed off to the side. Like you've got Nicole Kidman, who he was his mother that we thought was lost. And then you see her years later. And then she has barely any scenes in here. She has just as many scenes as Mira, who is a huge character. And and whatever you want to say, her character was cut out. It was kind of like a waste of her even being there because she does you. It's just very awkward. Like she literally counted. 10 lines and some of those lines are grunts and like fight noises. (laughs) Yeah. He spends a lot of time at that lighthouse shack that his dad lives at, which I also found that plot to be really weird. Cause it's like, you're the King of Atlantis. Now you need to be in Atlantis. Like your son, I'm sure is also part fish or whatever. It can swim. I'm sure you could find air bubbles or, you know, do what you need to do. Um, but she was kind of there for mostly like, Oh, she's the mom scene but then also there was dialogue and stuff where it made it sound like like as if they were separated that's what was so weird is that he would be like it's just me and my son and i'm like well what happened to your wife like he he would do that all the time um and so it was kind of awkward i'm like is mira there is mira not supposed to be there because there was also scenes where it's like him and his dad and junior and no one else around so clearly yeah it was like a, she's already been okay to stay in the film but we don't want to market her and like really have her. And, you know, the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial aside, I wouldn't have cared either way. Like whether you had her or not, like that wasn't going to make or break the movie for me. It didn't make or break the first one for me either. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, whatever. Like she didn't get recast. You still could have had her. I mean, she fights for like maybe one moment, two moments, but um, yeah, it's like, Getting Orm out too, they said this whole thing where Orm's like in this desert kind of prison where his uh, 
you know, he's barely kept alive with like a drop of water every now and then, so he doesn't have any powers. They could have done this whole sequence of how Arthur actually breaks into this prison, and they do instead the scene where it's like, all right, this is how you're going to get into the prison, and he's just in the prison. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and like, there's these giant kind of skeleton-looking, you know, horse kind of things, and these creatures that like guard the prison. We didn't have like barely any fight to get in. What would have been fun in terms of the Aquaman humor, make it like a heist. Like they're planning this like fun little heist. I mean, we don't have Valco. That's what his name was. Um, Defoe's Valco, but we don't, and we have this like, what was this? The, the, you know, I don't even know the Dan squid's name or the octopus, uh, you know, his, his buddy, um, which I'm like, okay, I just wish there was let add to the fun. That's what made Shazam fun. That was made the first Aquaman fun. Like kind of, go into the ridiculous in the Atlantis and there should have been like this proper, like, Oh, we got to bust him out. You know? Well, there was, there was the ridiculous of, uh, um, you have King fish uh, at some point. They, they orm is like, Oh, I know a guy that can, uh, you know, help us blah, blah, blah. And they go to this King fish who is this giant CGI fish King, literally. And it's voiced by Martin short of all people. You gave the voice to Martin short immediately. I was like, all I thought was Jimmy Glick was about to interview Arthur Curry. That's all I heard. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, oh my God. Yes. I can have it. It's Aquaman. Are you, are you Aquaman? And what does it you do? Yeah. Like, I was just oh like, my God. Oh. <laughs> um, Randall Park did pretty good, though. You know, he had a, a larger role than the first film. Um, he definitely has like this. Oh, I want to see Atlantis, but I'm still working for Black Manta. But obviously, my conscience is gonna obviously make me turn in the end and, and be a good guy. Um, and then you got Dolph Lundgren, who I, I was cracking up. I was saying, um, I bet you there were scenes where James Wan was like, "Hey, hey, Dolph, can we can we turn it down a few notches?" What? Never mind. Yeah, you're, you're good. <laughs> Keep going. Because he's just like he has he's one volume. Yeah. Dolph has one volume for the whole film. Um, and that, I hate that hair color they give him. It's like, was his hair blonde? Was his hair red? I don't, I don't know what you're trying to do there. Patrick Wilson definitely was the bright light in this film. Um, they do a really funny bit where it's like, you know, because he's so used to being in, in the water. It's like, oh, we got to run from these giant crickets that are like chasing us. And he starts running like as if he's swimming. And, they, and Arthur's like, use your arms. He's like, I don't, I don't know how to run. I'm used to the water. That was like, there was some fun banter with that. And like Arthur being like, uh, oh, you ever had a cockroach? And he's like, what? And he's like, it's like a, a delicacy on land. And then he like likes to eat cockroaches. There was some good like humor with that. And I wanted more of that. I actually also was disappointed. There was no like minus Orm's escape. There was no like brother brothers with tridents fighting things together. Like they never both had a tried it. And I was like, you know what would have been a fun addition too is if them if they're kind of kind of like what we had with um briefly in Thor Ragnarok, we should have had more like them dealing with uh, you know, him introducing to his world. Like they should have had more like um on land where he's dealing with like maybe in a city. And maybe it'd be funny, like he's like signing someone's like thing, like, you know, this is this is a world like you you've hated so much or something to understand more. Like I would love to see more of those interactions of like, you're so used to the sea world or something like that. You know, I don't know. But instead they're like in, um, in like a, a alternate variant of Pandora um, <laughs> with like, 
you know, journey My, to the with, journey to the center of the earth and King uh, Kong, insects yeah. and stuff yeah, and King exactly. Kong. And I'm like, uh, you know, that and that was so weird. I was like, okay, is the Lost Kingdom this ice kingdom or is the Lost Kingdom this like weird like King Kong, you know, place we're at? So yeah, and even like the end, it's like, oh, uh, you know, they kind of defeat Manta, but then Orm picks up the black trident and his eyes start to glow green, which I was like, oh, this will be a great, like, once again, we have the brothers fight each other and Arthur will still win, but maybe there's a moment where it's like, maybe he has to kill Orm, like he has to let him go or something. No, no. Instead, the uh, the green guy starts to wake up from like his ice prison, and uh, Arthur just throws his trident at him, and it breaks the black trident, and then like that kills everyone. I was like, we should have had the boss fight. That should have been, even though it would have been CGI mess. I wanted to see more trident action. Yeah, and they didn't, and I was cracking up because I I saw this with my brother Tim. It was his second time, and he goes, he goes, just wait. Just wait to see the post credit scene that is the end of the DCU, the last frames of this entire journey. It started with, you know, Man of Steel all the way up to here, and it is Orm eating a burger, and he puts a cockroach on his burger and takes a bite and smiles. That is how the DCU ends, ladies and gentlemen. That is it. Ah, what a shame. Now, what's surprising... I guess not surprising because maybe the power of the time it came out and maybe just, you know, people love Jason Momoa and the holiday season, you know, people go to see movies a lot. This is for DCEU movies recently is doing pretty okay at the box office. Yeah. <clears throat> it's trying to get to Black Adam numbers. I don't know if it's going to pass Black Adam, but as of right now, what I'm seeing is it's crossed 336 million worldwide which is the only film of 2023 DC wise to pass 300 million. So the flash came in at 271 million. And then you go have to go all the way down to get to Shazam and blue beetle, which are literally 39 40 for worldwide last year. Shazam made 134 million and blue beetle made 130 million. Those are numbers that some of these comic book movies would make in their opening weekend. And that's how little they performed. So now the question really becomes, I don't know how, well, I don't know where Aquaman's going to end up. Maybe it'll be, maybe they'll try to get closer to 400 million, but definitely way off from a billion that the first movie made. But, you know, we have this huge year break. We're going to get a couple of shows for DC this year. And we have Joker 2, which is kind of its own thing. But, you know, Superman Legacy is slated to come out summer of 2025. That's the beginning of the DCU um, under James Gunn. And, uh, you know, hopefully it turns the tide and gets people back into DC's. I mean, the Batman did really well. Again, its own thing. But, man, it's just like such a fall from grace to see this franchise kind of, uh, you know, the potential and even like Justice League and how Zack Snyder let, you know, had his cut come on Netflix, which we really enjoyed. This is the potential, what they had to move forward. And I think uh, not giving Henry Cavill his due was, as Superman. There was just a lot that coulda, shoulda, woulda, and womp, womp, never going to happen. So 
this, I almost feel like, uh, uh, even though it's a different quality, seeing Natalie Portman's character in, um, you know, Star Wars, and she's like, so this is how democracy dies, with thunderous applause. That's kind of what I feel about the DCU. It's just like, this is how the DCU dies, with um, maybe two people applauding. Yeah, and that was you and, and you and your brother. <laughs> yeah, just laughing, you know. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. what do you what are you going to give this one, Chris? You know, I'm going to give Aquaman the Lost Kingdom. This is slightly generous, but I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Um, you know, I still think some of the CGI was good, and I did laugh uh, throughout. I mean, it is that comedy. The the brother element really does help. Um, I just wanted better action scenes. I wanted a better plot, and uh, I think Jason Momoa who did bring such a new flavor and take for this character, which was supposed to be such a joke. There was better potential for him, and they kind of went too goofy, cartoony in this film. So 6 out of 10 for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, and that's being generous. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 as well um, for those reasons you mentioned. Um, who knows, as Momoa said, his uh, future. Um, Warner Brothers said there's always a place for him. Um, I would love to see him maybe play a different character, maybe a villain, um because i think he um he has a fast x he was so great oh yeah so uh maybe lobo so we'll we'll see but you can decide for yourself uh, aquaman the lost kingdom is still in theaters and that was this edition of potential picks thanks for listening to the potential podcast you can follow us on instagram and facebook at the potential podcast or on twitter at the potential pod or you can email us Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.